0: Walsh has got it, twigging around. Gee, the tackle was a little high. Collingwood win by four. McComb not quite, gone
1: hopeful. Now Jamari Ugelhagen kicks it long. It's got a lot
0: of carry. That's something extraordinary. It's a high five from Jamari in glory. It's coming back. And got there. The suit. Hey guys and welcome to the 30th edition of the In The Sand Show. Today we're going to be talking all finals footy including previews and reviews of all AFL finals games so far. Also we're joined with the Australasian super welterweight boxing champion Jordan LaRucha. So let's get into the news. The first game of the AFL final series was last Thursday night where the minor premiers, Collingwood, took on Melbourne at the MCG. It was a rainy night and many fans didn't know which team it would suit. As a Collingwood supporter, I'd say the rain suited us. Um, And I said this before the game as well. Many people thought the rain was going to suit Melbourne. Melbourne played some good footy in the rain, but they played good footy in normal conditions as well. So it's going to be a much of a muchness game. Um, It's going to be balanced. Both teams had some have some really star players, and I think Collingwood matched up well against Melbourne. Last time we faced them was um, the big freeze game, um, and Collingwood lost by four points to Melbourne, and Melbourne just played the better footy on the day. But accuracy was the issue back then, and accuracy was the issue now, but it was for Melbourne this time. Every time Melbourne had a set shot or had the ball in the 50, they just looked to rush it, um, out of bounds on the full points, way too many points, and we saw that last night as well with Melbourne, Um, their accuracy has just been terrible lately, and in finals footy, accuracy is what you need, and it's so pivotal, Uh, especially in big games like they've had against Collingwood and Carlton, the more goals you kick, obviously you're going to win, and um, the more points it's just going to stuff you up, Collingwood came into the game against Melbourne as favourites, and I I think Collingwood was going to, as a Collingwood supporter, I thought we were going to... Roll them. Um, I was pretty confident in that. We had Bo McCurry back in, Nathan Murphy back in, Darcy Moore back in. That's our captain as well. So they're three big players, and they can really change a game. and And that's what Collingwood needed. We had a bit of dip in form, but it was coming. I guess uh, we've played all year some great footy and beaten some quality sides comfortably as well. It was about time that we're going to dip in form. Obviously, rest some players, and some had some injuries and. Better that they got rid of the injuries before the final series because you don't want to see star players going down in the finals because it's just going to stuff you up even more. You're going to have new players come back, come into the side. and It's a whole new dilemma. So I think Collingwood timed it pretty well with everything. Um, Again, they were the favourites and Collingwood came out with a bang. Bobby Hill kicked the first two of the game and the Collingwood fans were electric at the G. It was 94,000 at the G. That was the record until... Last night, where um, Carlton played Melbourne, and I think Collingwood will break that record again in the prelim. Um, the fans were electric, even after the Maynard incident, where the Melbourne fans started booing Maynard. The Collingwood fans were still electric, and that's the thing about the Collingwood supporters. No matter what's happening, no matter where, no matter how, they're up and about, and that's uh, that's one thing that I think drives the players with that nineteenth man on the ground for the um, for the pies. But to the game, again, accuracy really stuffed up Melbourne. I think if they were more accurate, that's the game. They would have won comfortably. And in the last quarter, after probably two two and a bit um, quarters of domination from Collingwood, everyone knew Melbourne were going to come back. So in the last quarter, I think they t- timed it really well when they just had to sit back at the ball out of the 50 and play that more defensive-minded footy. And... Um, as a Collingwood supporter, that's perfect. That's fine. If you if that's what you got to do to win a final, that's that's all you got to do. Um, obviously, you get a bit of nerves towards the end when you're two goals down, and you never know what's going to happen. If, if Fritch has got the ball, or any of the Melbourne for, forwards, Cosy Pickett, they can just pull something out of the bag and uh, kick a wonderful goal. And that's something, yeah. As a Collingwood supporter, I was pretty worried about. But I think we played the better footy on the night. Um, first quarter was ours. Second quarter was ours. The third quarter maybe was fifty-fifty. Um, let them back in a bit, but that's just the Collingwood way. We always let teams back into the game. Something we probably have to touch up for um, the prelim and hopefully the grand final. But the, we're going to talk about the main incident now. Now that bump on Andy Brace, and, and, sorry, uh, Angus Brayshaw, was just just out of the blue. It was like watching the game. Balls coming out of the fifth. Uh, balls coming out of the ruck. brayshaw has got the ball. And the way I looked at it, I saw Maynard jump up and then just land straight into Brayshaw. And I was like, oh, great. That's, that's exactly what Collingwood needs now, don't they? Um, another player out. Uh, but all the Collingwood fans got around him and the boos by the Melbourne supporters were nothing. It was nothing to Maynard. I think it uplifted him all game. But talk about the tribunal and how the AFL's going about it. They just carried on a lot. And I think that's something the AFL needs to touch up because if that happens in round two, it's maybe no no weeks, not even reported, maybe uh, a week at max. Now the way they've carried on, the tribunal took four hours. That I I was watching the um the Twitter feed on that it just took ages, and the things they were arguing about was just terrible. It's everyday everyday footy. A player couldn't go up for a smother and then land on him. Obviously. The way he did land the impact on Brayshaw was pretty bad and had uh, some consequences. But the way I looked at it, I thought Maynard was fine. Um, But obviously, a bit of carry-on and the Tribunal looked at it and um, Maynard got out of it. And I think that's going to drive Collingwood all the way. Um, With a player like Maynard staying in the side, it's just perfect. He provides everything. He provides hunger for the footy, hard tackling, Great, great kicking. He can hit a target perfectly. And he's a great defensive-minded player as well. So um, having Maynard still on the side is perfect for Collingwood. We're going to move on from the Collingwood-Melbourne game that happened last Thursday night. And look at last Friday Friday night's game where Carlton took on Sydney at the MCG as well. Carlton haven't played finals for years, and it was their moment to shine. They came out with with a bang. Crowd was roaring. The effect psychologically on Sydney must have been just, like, so horrendous. Obviously, Sydney does have a big fan base in Melbourne, but Carlton fans were just electric. And um, watching the TV, it was like fire out. You hear this at a grand final, this crowd. And um, Carlton played all right footy towards the end, um, until the end of the game, sorry, towards the back end. Uh, Sydney brought it back. Their forwards turned it, um, turned it up and kicked a couple goals, looked like they were in it. I think Sydney just, towards the end, looked out of it. Had the opportunities to win the games, but they cost themselves. Uh, silly errors on the ball, like, a couple times into the 50, and they just lost it over silly errors. Um, but I think Carlton were probably a bit more deserving of going into the semifinals the next week than Sydney. Obviously, Carlton had a couple... Uh, Issues on that night as well Harry Mackay went down with concussion That that was always going to be a worry If um, he was done Because next week the semi-final It's against Melbourne And having another big tool in there Would help Carlton out a lot But obviously he went down He was out for that game But he'll be back for the prelim I'm pretty sure And then the Jack Martin late uh, hit um, On that tackle He's got suspended as well um, But yeah, a couple issues there for Carlton But the way they played last night didn't look like it. Worried him that much. Going to look at the next game where the Saints took on the Giants at the MCG. Josh Radu, who we had on the show, and he's a good friend of the show, played his hundredth game. I was there for him, support him. He played some great footy, and um, he had to deal with a lot of pressure. Balls were just flying into the to um uh the JWS fifty, and he was he just just had to mop it up every time, and I think he did really well. But GWS just killed St. Kilda through the middle. They got the job done Bedford really stepped up. In absence of Canelio, the way Bedford played some great footy was just it was just incredible for a player like Toby Bedford, couldn't get many minutes in Melbourne, went over to the Giants, played some played some great footy, it's been a real leader for them in their midfield. And I think that move to Giants was pivotal for them. Giants got the job done, played some great footy. And tonight's matchup against Port for them, I reckon it will be great because I think. If the Giants can can handle an extremely hostile St. Kilda fan base that were loud roaring at the G, it was so it was so loud. and There were still seats everywhere. It wasn't a sold sold out um uh game. I think if if it was at Marvel it would have been even worse, and I don't think the Giants would would have handled that any uh any better. But I think the Power fans would be nothing for them to handle. If they can handle a St. Kilda f- uh, fan base like that, that. St Kilda always looked in it. They were up and about. Even 30 points down, they were up and about. St Kilda fans, they just love the moment. And Giants just, I think, outplayed them. They just played the better footy and showed why they're deserving to be playing in the, um, playing September. We're going to look at Port Brisbane, Brisbane now. Brisbane really turned it up. They played some great footy at the Gabba. And I just think they're way too dangerous there. And if the grand final was at the Gabba, you might as well just hand them, hand them the trophy now. Um, Port couldn't handle it. The pressure that um, Brisbane put on Port, they just didn't let them play their footy. Brisbane showed how they can be premiership contenders, and I think they could go all the way. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do. They just got to fix up how they play at the MCG. Just that psychological factor, I think. We're going to look at last night's game, the first semi, where Carlton played Melbourne. Carlton got the job done in the end by two points. Obviously, Melbourne came in as a favourite. the way they played the week before. It wasn't even terrible. Um, again, accuracy was a big thing for Melbourne over the past week. and They had to face a lot of adversity in the media, obviously. Simon Good- Goodman- Goodwin was questioned so many times by the media about the Brayshaw incident, about Max Gorn broke his tone, if Brody Grundy was going to come in. He still hasn't come in, so I reckon it might have got to him a bit. Um, Carlton and Melbourne probably didn't play their best footy, both sides At times it was a really scrappy game But it's finals and it's do or die So the pressure was immense And that's what you expect Um, Again, Melbourne, accuracy Bit them in the backside And Carlton just looked like they were going to win the game Even with a minute left Or two minutes left You could see that something special was going to happen And that Jack Viney error um, Like, I think if Melbourne just calmed the game down a bit They rushed it too much they just played uncontested mark footy for, for like a minute. It's over. There was no way Carlton were going to get the ball back in the 15. The way Carlton just circulated that ball to Blake Acres and just slotted it in um, was just wonderful. And as a Collingwood fan, you got some hatred from for Carlton, but you could see how much it meant to them for, for them to win a final and uh, win two finals in a row and go into the player prelim up in Brizzy. It was pretty special um, as just a footy fan. Uh, but... I think Brizzy's going to really give it to Carlton. I don't think uh, Carlton match up well against Brisbane. Not the biggest of crowds, not the biggest of stadiums up in Brizzy at the Gabba. Uh, Be an interesting game. I think Brisbane should really, uh, really give it to them uh, for that game. Tonight, it's Port versus the Giants. Port have the crowd, and I think Port should really win. But but GWS are going to come back with fire after the last time they played Port. They copped it, and I think that would just be that, feel. that would just be that, that feel for them um, in this game, and I think it could get them over the line in the end. As a Collingwood supporter, knowing that you've got to play the winner next week, you don't know who's, who you want to win. Obviously, you played Port. We've got them twice, and so the third time you'd think they'd come out and just give it to us. So that's one worry. But then you look at the GWS Giants, and the way they played at the G um, last week was just terrific. It was so good. Um, the way they moved the ball, the way they were hitting targets, the way they were stopping St. Kilda from playing any type of footy, it was wonderful. And uh, I think this tonight's game is going to be a really good contest. It, again, I think it could come down to the wire. And if Port aren't careful, GWS is going to come out with a bang. So uh, my tip is Port. I reckon they'll get up maybe by five points. I reckon be under a goal. It's going to be a tight game. Well, that wraps up all the finals, reviews and previews. So thank you for listening to the In The Stand show. I'll catch you after the break where where we will be joined with Australia's Australasian champion, Jordan LaRucha. Josie from Space Folk. And when I want to stay groovy, I listen to Radio Karam. Don't worry about a scene. Because Atticus Health will make, make you it feel it. all right.
1: Don't worry about a thing.
0: Because Atticus Health will make you feel all right. If you got a tummy ache, or you don't feel right.
1: Oh, or if you have, have- a nasty rash, keeping <laughs> you up at night.
0: <laughs> Don't, worry <laughs> Don't worry about, about a thing.
1: thing. Don't worry.
0: Because <laughs> Atticus help will <laughs> make you feel alright. Come, Come on to Freddy's, Freddy's Kit kitchen, kitchen in Station Street for a coffee
1: and something nice to eat. Yeah, the, yeah, the pizzas, pizzas are great. Are in fact, all the food rates down at Freddy's. Carol.
0: Caram Station Street. Come on, come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now. Come on, come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now.
1: It's a pizza. It's a mystic pizza. Oi, 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 I-G-A, oi. I-G-E-A, it's oi. shopping nice. Oi. IGA, Oin. where the price is right. Seaford Oin. North IGA, Oin. for your groceries and liquor. Oin. IGA Oin. Express, Oin. there's nothing Oin. quicker.
0: <laughs> now we are joined with undefeated and newly crowned Australasian super welterweight champion, Jordan LaRucha. So first of all, Jordan, how are you going? Good, mate. Yourself? I'm great. So, first question. Just a couple of weeks ago, you defeated Fano Curry for the Australasian title. First of all, how was that experience? Winning the title, winning your first title, um, headlining a pretty big Thunderdome card, and winning the fight. Obviously.
1: Yeah, mate. Oh, uh, honestly, it was um, it was a bit surreal to be honest. Um, it was a very tough fight. Um, knew I was going to be in for a bit of a battle, um, but yeah, it was fantastic to get the win and and to, you know, win win my first title as well as headlining a lot of pressure, but um, we got the result and we got the job done. So um, yeah, very happy with it.
0: Yeah. So it was only your sixth professional outing against an experienced fighter that's just fought against some of the greatest names, um, some of the best domestic names in Australia in your division. Was Corey your toughest test yet?
1: Yeah, definitely definitely. Um, most of my other opponents have either been debuting or um, they've been international opponents uh, you know where weren't they, they look good on paper, but um, they weren't sort of the fights we were sort of chasing. If that makes sense, um, but it was good for experience. And those fights didn't last very long either. I mean, this one here was the first time that I'd uh, been eight rounds um, and gone the full distance against someone that was, you know, that was ready and um and competitive. You know, he'd had a plethora of amateur fights uh, as well as, you know, 15 professional fights. So, um, but yeah, like it, it was my toughest challenge yet, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. So for the fight, you stepped up stepped up to fight eight rounds. How did that affect your training and in your lead up for, to the fight?
1: Uh, look, we're always um, in camps. We've always been, uh, you know, we've always pushed, pushed hard. So um, it wasn't much of a difference. Obviously, just um, obviously having to uh, spar more rounds or do more rounds on the pads and and etc. But um, in terms of intensity and stuff, we always train pretty, you know, pretty hard. Um, yep. And you know, we always train to, you know, say if I'm fighting a four round fight, we'll we'll train for for seven rounds and make sure I can do seven rounds great so same sort of concept with this fight so even though we were fighting eight rounds obviously towards the end of the camp you taper off but at the start of the camp I was quite you know I was preparing for eight rounds so you know we would prepare you know we'll do 12 rounds instead you know so I knew yep. that I had those those solid rounds for, for the eight so it wasn't too much different but definitely um You know, in terms of uh, it was a bit more taxing on the body, um, you know, being a bit more tired after training and whatnot. But apart from that intensity-wise, I I, I think I handled it okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're in a pretty stacked domestic division. Is there anyone particular you want next?
1: Look, um, I'm just just wanting to play by ear, really. Um, You know, I'm looking forward to having a bit of a a break. I've just had two back-to-back fights. Um, uh, You know, as you can see by my shirt, I work full-time as well. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's a bit tricky, um, to work and train, uh, you know, throughout the whole year. Um, so I'm just going to do whatever my manager, uh, Tony Tolge, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a fantastic manager. Um, uh, you know, my boxing coach, Big Rig, um, he's a fantastic coach as well. So I will just do whatever, uh, fight whoever they put in front of me next, really. So, uh, it's all in their hands, really.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so tomorrow night Dylan Biggs makes his TV debut. Will you be watching that fight and potentially in the future would you like to fight him?
1: Yeah, look, like I'm I'm open to um all names in the um in the division, you know, uh you've got a lot of uh top top guys, uh Nikita Zhu being one of them. Yeah. Um then uh you know, uh, Biggs being another one as well as um you know Mazadia, uh Hussein uh, they, it, as you said before it's a stack division so i'm uh, you know in in due time as you've said like i've only had six professional fights uh what you see on paper is what you, you know what you get i've only, so yeah. i'm not going to rush into it but yeah definitely i'm always open to the idea and you know um of of fighting fighting uh Briggs or wh- whoever is in the division
0: yeah so you're backed by one of the best gyms in Australia, and Big Rig's Gym. You're managed by infamous Tony Tolge. Does having that experience in your corner really help you to lead up for your fights? Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, you know, I'm surrounded by uh, guys that have been in the business for for a very long time. Uh, so it gives me a lot of. Um, uh, sort of comfort knowing that they're they're there um when they when they suggest a fight or you know they go look i think we chase this guy or we fight this guy um, I'm, I just say to them, look, are you, uh, is this, am, am I ready for that? And they go, yep, yeah, we believe you're ready. And I've got full faith in, in what they say. Um, I was also uh, honored to have uh, Danny Green in my corner as well for that last fight. Um, and just having his, uh, you know, obviously Australian icon, Australian legend as well, having him in my corner and, and backing me up and, 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 you know, giving me that confidence as well, um, it's, it's really comforting for sure.
0: Yeah. So last question, if I'm right, you came from a very unusual boxing background, but you actually played soccer for the majority of uh, your sporting career. did quite well, I hear. Um, First of all, how did you make the transition from soccer career to boxing career, and how far did you make it in soccer?
1: So um, with with soccer, I made it uh, all the way to Italy. Uh, I trialled with a couple of clubs um probably you've heard um i tried with uh juventus um i was only there for um, a short amount of time only two weeks i was scouted with a bunch of boys from australia um so that was as far as i got with soccer but i played in the npl which is just under the a league as well and all that sort of thing and then i got to the age of 18 you know you uh you sort of start to deviate of what uh from what you're doing you know um you've got partying and all that sort of thing. So uh, when I went and did that, you know, when, when, you know, had a bit of fun and, and uh, just went to the gym and trained, you know, just lifting weights and whatnot. And then, yeah, and then with boxing um, sort of just fell into my lap. One of my previous employers introduced me to Big Re, um, and then I was the cleaner at the gym to begin with. So I was just cleaning the bags and cleaning the floor and all that sort of thing. And then training in, in, in the, in, in between and then, yeah, and then, uh, eventually got the opportunity to pursue boxing and, and, you know, spar some fantastic opponents, guys that have had a lot of, a lot more experience than I've had. Um, so to just get in the ring with them and mix it up and then we just sort of pushed on from there. So yeah. that was really the transition.
0: Yeah. So that wraps up all the questions. So thank you, Jordan, for joining me today. I really appreciate it, and I wish you the best, no best of luck for the rest of your boxing career.
1: Awesome, mate. Thank you very much for having me.
0: That wraps up the In The Sand Show for this week. So thank you for listening to the In The Sand Show. I'll catch you next week. Walsh has got it, twigging around. Do the tackle was a little high. Collingwood win by four. McComb not quite, gone hopeful.
1: Now Jamar Ugalhagan. Kicks it long, it's a got a lot of carry,
0: that's something extraordinary, it's a high five from Jamari glory, it's coming back.